0: Why did Jesus die? I'm Father Bryson. Welcome back to uh, The Cross Stands as we ask the question, what we believe? And this, this uh, time we ask the question about Jesus' crucifixion. Why did Christ die? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus died to save us from sin. The good news, the gospel, that's what gospel means, remember, good news. The good news of Jesus is a response to the bad news of Adam. Jesus dies on the cross because we sin. Because Adam sinned, because Eve sinned, because Cain sinned, because Noah sinned, because you sinned, because I sinned. Jesus died so that we might be rescued, ransomed. From our sins, it when we sin, we sell ourselves in slavery to the devil, and Jesus came to rescue us, to ransom us, to buy us back, or I guess more properly speaking, we say when Adam sinned, he sold us and his himself and all of his descendants, as all the human beings you and me uh, are, are, are yeah um into slavery to Satan, and Jesus comes. He, as he says, he binds up the strong man and and takes his stuff. He binds up the strong man and by his cross, he ransoms us. He buys us back from Satan so that we might live with him forever. The gates of heaven are open and we then have the opportunity through the grace of holy baptism and perseverance in the state of grace to enter into heaven. Jesus, Jesus died. He came and he, he on the cross to to save us from sin, and and He came and He he went on the cross to, to show us how much He loves us. That He would give everything. That not only would He, but did He. He did give everything. Even His very life. For you. That's how much He loves you. There is no greater love than this. And for a man to lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. He comes to save us from sin. He sh- to show us how much he loves us. And to teach us how to live. To just like he gave himself for us. That we are to give ourselves for others. And, and so we ought to beg God for the grace. Jesus, give me the grace to love like you love. Jesus sinned from the Father, the Holy Spirit, to that I might be inflamed with love, zealous with love, empowered to love like you love. And that's why we offer sacrifices for others. That's why. We can fast for other people. That's why we offer the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for other people. That's why we do penances for, uh, on behalf of other people. That's why we pray for other people. Because when we are loving like Jesus loved, entering into His love that He shows us, we are able to participate in His saving action on the cross by which He atoned for our sins, by which He ransomed us from the devil. And so we can join Him. All our suffering, uh, the morning offering, Pray the morning offering. By the way, look it up. Google it. EWTN has it right there. you just Google morning offering. Catholic, it'll be right there. Uh, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. Offer. We pray we're united to Him. So Jesus was crucified, and that's why He was crucified. That's why He died, for our sins, to show us how much He loves us, to teach us how to love. But who crucified Him? we read in the Bible, some Romans participated, some Romans crucified Him. We read in the Bible, some Jews, some Jews crucified Him. And, And who crucified Jesus? All Christians, except the Blessed Virgin Mary. All Jews, all Romans, all Hindus, Confucianists, Atheists, Muslims, all human persons, except the Blessed Virgin Mary, crucified Jesus. Because the reason that Jesus died is on the cross is for our sins. And all of us sinners crucify Jesus. When we sin, we hammer the nail into his hands. We thrust the spear into his side. We mock him, we spit upon him, and we crown him with thorns. And if you don't believe me, believe St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi was always kind, but... Not necessarily always nice, being nice isn't a virtue, but being kind is St. Francis of Assisi said, "Nor did demons crucify him. It is you who have crucified him, and crucify him still when you delight in your vices and sins. It is me, I crucify him when I sin, Lord, have mercy." That's why as we begin every Mass, we beg God for mercy. Those times where we crucify Him. That quote from St. Francis of Assisi is in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 598. And the, Cate- the New Catechism also quotes the Catechism of the Council of Trent, which says this, This is the teaching of the Catholic Church. This is the true teaching of who crucified Jesus we must regard as guilty all those who continue to relapse into their sins. Since our sins made the Lord Christ suffer the torments of the cross, those who plunge themselves into disorders and crimes crucify the Son of God anew in their hearts, for He is in them, and hold Him up to contempt. And it can be seen that our crime in this case, is greater in us than in the Jews. As for them, like the Jews that lived in the time of Jesus and shouted, Crucify Him, crucify Him. As for them, according to the witness of the apostle, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would have cru- not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't understand what they were doing when they yelled, Crucify Him. The Romans, Father, forgive them. Jesus says they know not what they do. But us, you and me, we've been baptized. We profess to know Jesus. And when we deny Him by our deeds, we in some way seem to lay violent hands upon Him. When we plunge ourselves into disorders and crimes, when we choose to sin, we crucify the Son of God anew in our hearts. Nor did demons crucify Him, said St. Francis of Assisi. It is you who have crucified Him, and crucified Him still, When you delight in your sins, I crucify him. Lord, have mercy. Lord, free me from sin. Lord, save me from vice. Lord, I do not want to crucify you anymore. Jesus, by his dying on the cross, he fulfills prophecies. By his stripes they shall be healed. St. Peter quotes Isaiah his sufferings they bore his iniquities were upon him through his chastisements we were made whole jesus in his crucifixion fulfills prophecies from the old testament which by the way is one of the three reasons that we know that jesus was legit because he fulfilled prophecy he performed miracles and he established a church which continues to this day so why did jesus die he died for our sins In fulfillment of the scriptures, there's the prophecy. He taught us, he showed us his love for us, and he taught us how to love. Who crucified him? We did, and we do today when we sin. There are two common questions that come along with the crucifixion. Uh, One is um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that St. Paul says, the Bible says through St. Paul, or the Holy Spirit says through St. Paul in the Bible. God made him, that is Jesus, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does it mean for the Bible to say that Jesus, God made Jesus to be sin? It's actually a really easy answer, but you got to know the Old Testament, um, and it's helpful if you know Greek. The word there, sin, is the regular word for sin, it's hamartia, and if you look it up in your Greek dictionary, you'll see it says hamartia, it says Sin. But how do the uh, how does the person who writes the dictionary know what the words mean? You ever thought about that? How's the person who writes it? We go to the dictionary to see what the words mean, but somebody wrote the dictionary. How do they know what the words mean? Well, they know by context. They know by how the word is used. All of us, when probably when we were in elementary school, we had to do all these exercises in English class about context clues don't know what a word means, but you know what all the other words mean, and you see how it's used, I can figure out what that word means by reading a couple sentences, or maybe one sentence, by using the context, or like we said in elementary school, the context clues. So if you look at the word hamartia in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's called the Septuagint, you'll see that uh, oftentimes, particularly in like Levit- the book of Leviticus, where God has given the instructions for the sacrifices, that the word hamartia means a sin offering. So in the Old Testament, there are, there were different kinds of sacrifices. There was a, a todah offering for Thanksgiving. There was a, a holocaust, a whole burnt offering. There were various kinds of sacrifices for different things. So, if you wanted to say thank you, you did a certain kind of offering. If you wanted to make a vow, you did a different kind of offering, and so on and so forth. And if you committed sin, you made a certain kind of offering, which we would say in English is a sin offering, but which in the Hebrew, of, or the Hebrew idiom uh, and in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it was just called a sin, a hamartia. So, When St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that God made Jesus to be sin, what it means is that uh, Jesus became a sin offering. Remember why the crucifixion? For our sins in accord with the scriptures. To make atonement for our sins. To ransom us from the captivity of the devil. So, when the Bible says God made him to be sin, it doesn't mean that Jesus, like, like... ontologically became sin that would be impossible uh, it doesn't mean that jesus committed any sins that would also be impossible it simply means that he was an offering by which our sins were washed away second question in matthew fifteen thirty four, uh, uh jesus cries out my god my god why have you forsaken me many people ask well what does that mean does does jesus like think that god has abandoned him How can God abandon Jesus if Jesus is God? That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So what's what's going on there? Well, Jesus, in that instance from the cross, is quoting the first line of Psalm 22. And pretty similarly to today, if you quote the first line of a popular song or a popular phrase, that's going to call to mind for other people the whole song or the whole phrase. And so, uh, we don't know the Psalms as well as we should. We should pray them. We should even pray them daily. Not all of them, but pray some of them daily. And then we would know better the Psalms. But uh, back in the day, like all the Jews knew knew the Psalms. And so, I, I just want to read to you Psalm 22, which begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as you listen, think about, why would Jesus be quoting this Psalm from the cross? And, and maybe I'll give you some hints as, as we read. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? O oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. So what if Jesus, in his sacred humanity, remembers everything that God has done, and feels as if he's separated from God? That's what Saint John Paul II says in his in his uh, document Salvifici um, Doloris on Christian suffering. So that Jesus feels as though separated from God, while he knows that he is not separated from God. And isn't that often the case for you and me? Don't we often feel separated from God in difficult moments of our lives? But because we have faith, we know that God is there. And so what do we do? We remember the times that God has been there for us in the past. So Jesus, in Psalm 22, In you our fathers trusted. They trusted And you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and no man. Scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. Didn't the people mock at Jesus on the way of the cross? They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He committed his cause to the Lord. Let him deliver him. They actually said that. While Jesus was on the cross, let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You kept me safe from my mother's breast. Upon you was I cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Wasn't Jesus presented at the temple? Upon you I was cast from my birth. Wasn't Jesus presented back to the Father for just 40 days after he was born? Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help me. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like ravening and roaring lions. I am like water poured out, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. Yes, dogs are round about me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And were not Jesus' hands and feet pierced with nails? I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. And didn't that happen? Didn't the guards cast lots to divide up Jesus' clothing? Lots are just like dice. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my help, hasten to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, my afflicted soul from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you sons of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you sons of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the afflicted, affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried out to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to thee, Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And did not Jesus come to incorporate the Gentiles, the nations, you and I who are not of the descendants of Israel, to incorporate us into Israel, we talked about that last time, to be built up as living stones into the true church, the body of Christ. Yes, to him shall all the proud of the earth bow down, at the name of Jesus, Paul says, Every knee in he- heaven, on the earth, and under the earth shall bend, and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. Therefore, before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and he who cannot keep himself alive. Yet, Jesus, his body, we're going to talk about this uh, next time or, or in a couple of times from now, his body did not seek corruption. And while he truly died, his soul was separated from his body, his divine nature was. Always, his body and his soul were always united to his divine nature. Prosperity shall serve him. Men shall tell the Lord to the coming generation and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn that he has wrought it. So you see, Psalm 22 is a prophecy of Jesus' passion and death. And so Jesus, he cries out from the cross as in his humanity. He feels our experience of feeling as if God has abandoned us. But he knows, both in his humanity and his divinity, that God has not abandoned him. And he fulfills the prophecy that is Psalm 22, which is why he says those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that is a bit of the mystery of the crucifixion. May we never crucify jesus again may we cease from sin may we repent and believe in the gospel come lord jesus have mercy come lord jesus help us save the